welcome to the FWC Podcast. Today's message was preached on Sunday, September 13th, 2020, by Lead Pastor David Damiani. It is true that it's family, and we're in unusual and strange days out there, and there's a lot of uh, incredibly hurting people that need to know the truth, that need to hear the truth. So I want to share with you this morning a little bit about um, doing that, getting there, how we're going to get there. Um, 1 Corinthians, you don't have to turn there, it's just one verse I want to read and it's only a handful of words. 1 Corinthians 4.20 talks about the kingdom of God. And Paul was answering some critics that were talking about um, dissenters and, and people causing division. Paul had that. By the way, a lot of people ask, what was Paul's thorn in the flesh? The Bible doesn't specifically necessarily spell it out exactly what Paul's thorn in the flesh was, but Paul suffered with Judaizers following him everywhere he went. He would preach grace, he would preach freedom, he would preach deliverance, he would preach about the kingdom, and these people called Judaizers would follow, after he would leave, they would come behind him and try to convince the people he was ministering to that they need to follow the law. They need to become Jews under the law. They're called Judaizers. They were trying to um, turn people back from, Paul wrote the book of Galatians about you were started out in the spirit, you were running so well, who hindered you? And it was the Judaizers that came and gave them a message of earning things and works and um, law, sacrificial law, etc. And Paul asked the Lord three times, deliver me from this thorn in the flesh. I wasn't planning on teaching this this morning, but the thorn in the flesh, it's a Hebrew idiom, okay, a thorn in the flesh. I was working yesterday a little bit in, in the, in the yard in the in its wooded area, and there was a lot of thorns. I had leather gloves on, but some of those thorns will go right through your leather gloves and stick in there, and it doesn't feel good. And the Hebrew idiom, a thorn in the flesh, is like a thorn stuck in your side. It's an irritant. It's, it causes pain and irritation, and it's frustrating. You know, if you get a thorn and it's stuck in your hand, your instinct is get it out. Um, and that's what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. These people that were following him around, messing with his message, messing with what he was doing. And he said, Lord, get rid of these people. Deliver me from this. Three times. And he said, the Lord said to Paul, my grace is sufficient. 
for you, um, I am strong in your life when you're weak, when this is happening and when these things are happening. And Paul also was, the scripture says he was given such incredible revelation into the kingdom. He wrote, as a, when you count the amount of books, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Um, Paul did, and he had incredible revelation. And the Lord said, I'm going to keep, keep you humble. I'm going to allow these people to annoy you <laughs> once in a while. You know, I'm going to allow you to go through this, and they're going to be like a thorn in your flesh, a thorn in your side. Look it up, Hebrew idiom, thorn in your, in your side. There's something you can learn today about what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. And, and the Lord said, this is good for you. Keep your feet on the ground. Keep you grounded, um, lest you be exalted above measure. Paul had visions. Paul left his body. He said he was in the third heaven, um, etc. So Paul had some of these guys messing in his ministry in 1 Corinthians 4.20, Paul said in, in verse 18, 19, he said, these guys think they're something. These, these people think they're something. Let them prove it. Let them prove it. <clears throat> and, and that's when he wrote the words, the kingdom of God does not consist in words. <clears throat> The kingdom of God does not consist in words, but in power. Paul had incredible confidence in the Holy Spirit performing miraculous things when you speak the word of God, and so, the scripture tells us about signs and wonders, and signs that make you wonder, following the proclamation of the gospel. And he said, the kingdom and the proclamation of the gospel, and the gospel is not just words, it's the power of a changed life. We were singing one of the songs today that was talking about purifying, purify my heart, purify my life, and there's been a pruning happening for the last six, seven months for sure in our nation. Um, in our in churches, there's a pruning taking place. There's a, a purification happening. There's a, a call to deeper walk. And step one, if you want to claim the name of Christ, step one, if you want to say, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, I follow Jesus, step one, you better, you better, and like what Hannah said, this is not a threat. I say, you better but I'm not threatening you. So it's an uh, invitation. Thank you, Hannah. I listen. It's an invitation. Step one of the power of God is to have a transformed life. A changed life. When you become born again, you're born. What's that second word? I forget. I lost my mind. Oh, again. <laughs> you're born Again, that means your whole life becomes brand new. First Corinthians, Paul talked about, second Corinthians, Paul talked about um, what we used to be. Some of you were these, this and that and the other thing and all these terrible things he lists. Such were some of you, but you've been changed. You've been transformed. You've been transfigured. If you're a Christian, if you claim to be a Christian, if you name the name of Christ, step one 
allow, pursue, press in. Allow the Lord to make you a new creation, a brand new person. What you used to be, you are not anymore. I know American Christianity is, we're all, you know, yeah, I, I believe in God. I'm probably 90% of, of people that really aren't walking in freedom and victory, they say, I believe in God. They don't say, I believe in Jesus, I, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit's in me, you know, Jesus on the cross. They say, I believe in God. I believe in God. And someday I'll go to heaven. But the power, the kingdom of God is not words. It's not saying, I believe. It's not saying, um, I, I have a mental agreement or connection with evangelical Christianity or whatever you want to say. Step one is a transformed life. Amen. A couple weeks ago, I talked about stuff you can go through in life, stuff that happens, but you don't stay there. You're not stuck there. That's not the rest of your story. That's not, the, that's not your, um, gonna be your life story that you were in bondage and struggling and you know, miserable and what, whatever. Jesus is here, the presence of the Lord is here, and step one, he wants to give you brand new life, born again experience, rebirth. And, and maybe you were born again many years ago, but maybe you need to be born again again. Because maybe you were born again, but then you said, you know what? Who I used to be was more comfortable. And I'm more comfortable being who I used to be than who the Lord's trying to make me feels awkward or feels too hard or too difficult or whatever. Yeah, it, it is because it's, it's all about walking in humility. It's all about a surrender of your life. Ken, you didn't put that picture up that I texted you, did you? Did you? Can I see it? Talking about humility. Is it there? So during the week, stuff happens. I hear things. I see things that affect me. I feel the Holy Spirit on it. Do you ever watch something or look at something and then your spirit just connects? And when my spirit, my spirit is connected to, to my tear ducts, but my tear ducts are way back here. So there's a little tiny feeling of tears come to the front. They don't just push, but they're there. And my spirit, can I say tingles? Like something goes. Now, when I saw this, there was words with it. Um, but when I saw this, and it could be, you could say this is any religion. You, you know, I don't know who they are, born again Christians or what. But I, I, I think it's church. But when I saw this, I thought about us, and I and I thought to myself. If a pastor of a church from the pulpit asked everybody, everybody that physically could, you know, you got whatever physical ailments that you can't get on your knees, that, I, that's, I get it. But if a pastor of a church said, I think we should all kneel at our seat before the Lord, I don't know 
I'm not sure what would happen, and I don't think we're going to experiment. I don't think. But you never know. Um, I don't know what would happen, but something in my mind and life experience tells me Americans, even Christians, don't like to submit. They don't like it. They, they, they don't like to back down, back up. <laughs> they don't like to apologize. They don't like to say they're wrong. It's kind of inbred in us. It, it's the, the phrase rugged individualism, right? We're, we're, we're individuals. Don't mess with me. We're, as a nation, we're really quick to tell people off. We're really quick to assert our rights. How dare you? Oh, you, you got in front of me in the grocery line? You know, like, and then we go on Facebook or we go home. Can you believe these people? You know who they think they are. You know, it's like this, it's part of our culture. American culture. And too many Christians still have American, which is worldly, culture in them. Not kingdom culture. Kingdom culture is a culture of honor. Kingdom culture is a culture of respect. Kingdom culture is a, a culture of surrendering to the king. He's our king. Kingdom culture is he's in charge. He's, he's the Lord of my life. When I saw this, my first, my first thought was, wow, to all be kneeling in the presence of the Lord, right, would be fantastic. To get to the point of unity, to get to the point where this body right here in front of us, you guys, us, the body of Christ, Family Worship Center, Troxel Road, this little slice of the, of the, of the body of Christ, this little piece of the kingdom of God. If us sitting here could attain unity, be unified, we would blow the back doors off. We'd blow the roof open. And unity of the Spirit. Sometimes in worship you can feel it, right? When it kind of the Holy Spirit like kind of is tying us all together. It's like this connection of the Holy Spirit and there's this unity happening. And you feel like it goes from, you know, level three, awesome, to like level whatever. Volume 11, awesome, like, and you feel the presence of the Lord. To walk in unity to walk in love. The scripture talks about love covers a multitude of sin. A another part of our culture. We love gossip. We love to talk about stuff. We love to talk about negative things. And it is, it's, it's cancer. It's a root of bitterness and it's cancer. Love covers but culture, kingdom, kingdom of the evil one, kingdom of this world, 
that culture, there's no honor, there's no respect, there's demanding your own way, your own rights, and it feeds on negative. It feeds on negative information, negative news, and, and negative stories about other people. What do you think, you know, somebody immediately, somebody that struggles with Christians, there's people out there that struggle with Christians, immediately messages me, so what do you think about the uh, president of Liberty University? Like, I don't know what happened. What do I think? I think it's really sad. I think he needs prayer. I think his wife needs prayer. I think the school needs prayer. What do you mean, what do I think? What do I think? I think he acts like you when you're at home, private, alone. Not all of you. Not all of you. But some of you. Usually the some of you's that want to rip and shred are people that got stuff going on. You got stuff going on, and it somehow makes you feel better to point at somebody else's sin. Like if that big shot dude, you know, has a problem, then I guess I'm okay. No, you're not okay, and he's not okay. You're you're both not okay. It's not okay. Sexual immorality is not okay. It's a cancer. It's not okay. It, it might, it, is it normal? Oh, it is vilely, disgustingly, horribly, sadly, whatever other. Are, they, are, are those things called adjectives that I just said? Thank you. Whatever adjective you want to use. I'd like to use some adverbs, but I guess it was very an adverb. Very horrible. It's, it's sad, it's terrible, but guess what? Ripping and shredding your brothers and sisters, ripping and shredding Christians or church people isn't going to heal it, isn't the solution, isn't going to help people get set free. They're just going to avoid you. They're just going to walk wide around you when they see you coming. It's your kindness that leads me to repentance, Lord. And yeah, I pray that this building, that the culture when we gather together, the culture of Family Worship Center is honor for the Lord, honor for each other, respect, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, patience, called the fruit of the Spirit, right? And we start by Showing that to each other. These are people during coronavirus sitting together in this building. Who else do you have this much in common with? You know what I mean? Like, you really got something in common. You're here at church. You're here to hear the word of the Lord. You're here to worship. And you've gathered during corona. You got a lot in common with these people that are sitting here with you. I have a dream. I have a dream that we walk in unity. I have a dream that we walk in humility. 
To me, that's a, a, a symbol right there. It symbolizes humility and unity and saying, Lord, we, we need your Holy Spirit empowerment. Lord, we need your wisdom. We need your truth. We need you, Lord, to purify us, cleanse us, prune us. And we're this desperate. We're this willing. We're this hungry for your kingdom. That grown, adult, mature people would kneel in your presence. That grown, adult, mature, and I'm not, I'm not going to ask you to do it, I don't think. At this point, I'm not going to ask you to do it. But grown, adult, mature people would be willing to say, I can submit to that. Like, yeah, I can do that. That's no big deal. I'll do it. I'll kneel in the presence of the Lord. Not, this is weird. I don't have to do this. What's your point? I don't like this. These are words that are American culture. No, I'm not trying to start a cult. I just saw somebody say, cult went above their head. No, this isn't a cult. You have freedom. But in the freedom, do we have unity? In the freedom, do we love each other? In the freedom, can we say, yeah, Lord, I surrender. Even a physical, my physical position, I surrender to you. I humble myself before you. Amen. I know you do. Amen. Thank you, Linda. Love you. When I was standing here waiting to come on a platform, I also had this thought in my head. I want to say, I wanted to look at you all and say, I love you. I love all of you. I love you. Yes, sir. <laughs> Amen. John's kneeling. And Barry. Should we do it, John, for 30 seconds? <laughs> All right, let's do it. 30 seconds. Just going to share a couple thoughts. With you. That wasn't too painful, right? Hallelujah. Feel free to come. Before the services and, and kneel and pray. Anytime. Feel free to come during the week. Stop in here with the front desk so we know you're here, but feel free to come anytime during the week.
and pray. Come and pray. Pretty much someone's here except for um, Saturdays. Some people are here Saturdays, but during the week, anytime you want to come, you can let us know. You know that song we were singing, and it was ringing so true to us, and some would say, Jesus is the center of the church. You don't have to ask him to be, he already is. That's true, but he gives us a a free will, so we can allow him to be the center of his church. He's the center of the universal church, his church, his body, he's the center. But the little pockets like here, we can choose to be the center. We can choose to put whatever the center of the church. He lets us have free will. Now, his presence won't be with us. We'll have to, uh, we'll have, to have better coffee, lights, productions, dances and whatever to fill the seats if he's not the center I don't think so is it new I'll look it up welcome to family worship center you're allowed to just say anything you want (laughs) you can ask me any question I wear size 11 amen casting crowns it starts here Tanya make a note of that Look that up for me. No, I want, I want people to, we're family, we are. Um, I didn't necessarily mean we were going to kneel down, and I know I said 30 seconds at a time. I don't think you heard me say when I said th- for 30 seconds, I, I added at a time. So 30 and then 30 more and then 30 more. So Luke, Luke chapter 8, I won't go I'll go as long as I have to. And you come when you want and leave when you must. Luke chapter 8 verse 11 talks about soil. And the the theme that was kind of flowing through here, purify our hearts. Lord, and pruning and, and some of the exhortations were today's the water stirred today's the day I heard you might not get another opportunity you might not it's true it's very true that you might not but Jesus told this parable Luke chapter 8 verse 11 he said he was explaining the parable to the disciples and he said here's here then is the deeper meaning to my parable The Word of God is the seed that is sown in the hearts. The Word of God is the written Word of God, the Bible, and the Word of God is the written Word of of God, the Bible, spoken 
the principles and concepts of Scripture spoken out. That's what an edification, an exhortation, a prophetic word, um, a tongue, an interpretation. It's the word of God that's spoken out, and it becomes the spoken word of God. So you have the written and spoken, and um, at this time, in, in Jesus' day, 2,000 years ago, they didn't have Bibles. They had scrolls in the temples that only the very educated elite could even read. Most people couldn't read or write. So most of what was spoken or most of what most of the truth that people heard was spoken to them. They heard it audibly when they would gather together and people would share that people that knew or memorized scripture would share truth. And Jesus said the word of God is a seed. And that's been a theme in my heart, in my life for a while, I taught on it a couple times, talked about it, shared about it, gave, testified about the Samara, the, the, the nose tree we called them when I was a kid. You peel it and you put it on your nose and it's, it's a maple seed called a Samara that twirls, has been part of my life because the prophetic word of God is that the Lord is pouring seed to us. He's given us abundance of seed to go out and plant and see a huge harvest. The Word of God is seed that is sown into hearts. So here comes the Word. It's in our heart. We heard a lot of Word this morning. The Word was sung. The Word was prayed. The Word was spoken out. And it's sown. It's thrown. It's there. It's in your heart. Verse 12, the hard pathway represents hard hearts of men who hear the Word of God, but the slanderer quickly snatches away what was sown in their hearts to keep them from believing and experiencing salvation. The hard heart, what's an example of a hard heart? Someone says, the Lord is saying, and you're like, oh, wait, I recognize that person's voice. Psh, I don't respect them. What do they know? Who are they? That's a hard heart. They could say, the Lord is saying, and then say some heresy, and then you could say, hey, that's not, that's not true. That's not Scripture. That's not the Word of God. That's false. Fine. That's not a hard heart. That's a discerning heart. But if someone just speaks out and your reaction is, check your heart. Check your heart. Because the Lord, He is good. He is so good. He loves to give incredible gifts to people in strange packages. He has a gift for you. And you look at it and you go, I can't receive it from that package. And he's like, yeah. Because you got to humble yourself. You got to walk in humility. You got to have a culture of honor and respect that we res honor and respect each other. You consider someone better than you. 
That's what the Bible says. We esteem others more highly than ourselves. I wrote that a couple weeks ago. You're all better than me, every one of you. Why? Because the Bible tells me to esteem you better than me. I got to care about you more than I care about me. When I was a kid, we, we sang great songs called Jesus and Others and You. What a wonderful way to spell joy. Remember? Jesus and others and you. Because it's Bible. God first, others second. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And your neighbor. So a hard heart says, whoops, they used wrong grammar. Whoops. They were too intense in the way they presented it, or they weren't intense enough. They were too loud, they were too soft. He was too long, he was too short. Hard heart snatches it away. The slanderer, the evil one, the enemy, demonic activity snatches away the Word of God. This happens, this scenario happens every time that we're hearing, sitting under the Word of God. Verse 13, the seed. The seed. What's the seed? The Word of God. What's the Word of God? There's two ways, there's two um, examples of the Word of God. What is it? Yeah, written, Scripture, spoken. Written or spoken. On a page or spoken. The Word of God is the seed. The seed falling on the gravel represents those who initially respond to the word, word with joy. But soon after, when a season of harassment, you know I'm reading the TPT again, right? But soon after, when a season of harassment of the enemy and difficulty come to them, they wither and fall away, for they have no root in the truth, and their faith is temporary. The seed is the Word of God. The Word is going forth. The Word goes forth in this building. Commercial. Darrell, wave both hands like this. Look, look back there. Look in the back. There's a guy going like this. That's Darrell Morton. He's a founding member of Family Worship Center. Who's Darrell Morton? A founding member of Family Worship Center. He was here day one. He brought Johnny. Johnny got saved. Johnny married Becky. Right? So Darrell was here day one. He was here for the first five years we had church-ish. And he came back during Corona because he called me up and said, dude, David. He said, D-A-V-I-T, which is the Philadelphia area way of saying David. David. D-A-V-I-T. David, are you having church? Yeah. I'll be there. And he's been here, and he's been here ever since. Now, why did I say, tell him to do this? He teaches Sunday mornings right there, room 105, uh, 9 o'clock. He teaches a class. Now, this morning, we started class number two in room 101. Who teaches that class? This lady right here. 
Donna Mangle right here. One, two, three, fourth row. One more time. There you go. She teaches over here. The Word of God goes forth in there. The Word of God goes forth in there. On Wednesday nights, we're in there. The Word of God goes forth. On Sundays, the Word of God goes forth. In this building, the Word of God goes forth. Amen? Is that true or false? Thank you, thank you. Oh, you're clapping. I can drink. Hallelujah. Raise a hallelujah. Was this from the 90s? Is that what that was? Raise it. So the seed, 13, gravel. Hear the word of the Lord with joy. I love this place. I feel so at home here. All these people are so great. The word of God is, the worship's awesome, you know. And then, I know I'm meddling, but hey, I keep it real. I keep it real and I keep it relevant and I address the topics that are happening. I deal with them. That's who I am. I keep it real. All right? I was trying to think of that Philly word. Jones. I keep that Jones real. Is that, what, is that how you say it? There you go. All right, so. Patty came up and exhorted us. There are people that should be here. There are people that should not be here, and that's all cool. There's people that should be in other places, LCBC, Calvary, et cetera. I, I could name a bunch, you know, um, ladies. There's, there's wonderful pastors in the air, and there's wonderful churches, and, and there's people that should be there. But there's people that should be here. They should be. But they receive the word with joy, and they're like... I'm on board with this. But a season comes when we're tested. You got to dig in farther. You got to allow yourself to be purified. You're not going to sit in family worship center and remain the same. You got to grow. You got to grow. And you're not going to sit in family worship center and say, you're great. I love you and everything's fine. You're perfect how you are. We got to grow. We got to grow no matter how Strong you are in the Lord, you gotta grow stronger. You can't sit here, and you can't sit here and be like, you know, I, I practice sin. I have a lifestyle of sin, or or I keep I fall over and over. I have a 25-year history of falling in sin over and over. You can't sit here and stay in your sin. Because we love you too much. You're it's a miserable pattern. Sin is destructive and it's miserable. And a lack of growth means you're shriveling, atrophy. You, your muscles atrophy when you don't use them. And you get stiff and you get sore and you can't pick anything up that you drop on the ground. Because you're not, use it or lose it. Move your body, right? And spiritually, you got to grow. You got to be challenged. You got to stretch. And you got to hear from the kingdom more. You got to be open more to the spirit realm, to what God's doing. What God's saying, what God, how God's moving, you can't stay here and not grow. It's, you're just going to, you're going to be like, you know what, it's too long, it's too this, it's too, it might be, it might be whatever, 
But it also might be you're too challenged and you don't want to grow. You're too stretched and you have to think while I'm talking to, to understand what I'm saying. I don't want to think. I don't want to have to think. I just want to feel good. I just want to come and feel good. You receive it with joy and afterwards you're like, eh, I don't know. Difficulty comes. Wither and fall away. And I'm not talking family worship center like, uh, oh, whatever. I'm st- I'm, I promise you, I'm talking you're supposed to be here. I, I, I've had friends over the years here that were growing, like growing exponentially, seeing just miraculous growth in their life. And they needed to be here. This was their family. People are going to get their kids, in case you're wondering. They're not mad at me. (laughs) Friends here, they're growing. You can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. You're born into the family of God. These are your brothers. If you're in the kingdom, this is your family. You can't choose family. They're your family. So you're born in the kingdom and that's your family. And then sometimes you're born into a local body and this is where the Lord wants you. But just like a marriage, you can't stay married without changing. Right? You got to grow as a human to stay married or you're going to end up divorced. You got to grow. You got to change. You can't be a parent without changing. You grow in responsibility and, and endurance and patience or else your kids hate you. They have no relationship later. You got to grow as a husband, a wife. You got to grow as, as a mom or a dad. And you have to grow in the body and in the kingdom. You have to grow. And it's not always easy. And it doesn't always feel like joy. And as soon as it gets rough, American culture is, eh, I didn't feel like it. Peace out. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya, right? All those sayings. And it's sad. And my heart's broken for people. My heart is broken for people that think they're okay, but they've told the Lord, I'm not going to grow anymore. They told the Lord, I don't want to change. This is as far as I'm going. This far and, and no, no farther. Look at this woman of God walking down the aisle. Here comes another one. What's up, woman of God? Why are you picking on me? Everybody else is a woman of God too. That's what you'd say to me. I know they are. All right, so 14, and I'll do a series of three minutes. Um, No root in the truth, and their faith is temporary. Their faith. I fell away. God, where were you when I fell away? Your heart was hard. Your heart was hard. (laughs) Your heart was hard. Or you allowed something to come, you allowed something to come snatch it from you. It ain't his fault. It is not God's fault. If your faith was temporary, it wasn't God's fault. You fell away. You let this stuff. 
You couldn't endure a hard season, a hard time. You couldn't harassment from the enemy. Difficulties. I guess this is where I can read this verse. Acts chapter 14, verse 21. No, uh, verse, uh uh-oh. Oh, yeah, there it is. Verse 22. Through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God, Paul said. He was strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, saying, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom. This ain't a cakewalk. Serving the Lord isn't for the faint of heart. It's for warriors. It's for people that say, this far and no more. Uh, You know, get away from me, devil. 14, the seed that falls into the weeds represents the hearts of those who hear the word. Their growth is quickly choked out by their own these are the words of Jesus, by the way. You don't believe me. See, you see this, can you see this color? It's red. I didn't choose red on Microsoft Word. It just printed this way. It's the words of Jesus. The scarlet red thread of redemption. Jesus, the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus said... The seed that falls in the weeds represents those who hear the word of God, but their growth is quickly choked off by their own anxious cares. The riches of this world, the fleeting pleasures of this life. This is why they never become mature and fruitful. Oh, this is the anxious cares. Two hours. Church is two hours. I got to make money. I got to. I got to work harder. I got to work more overtime. I got to work double, triple overtime. Pursuing the dollar. Pursue the dollar. Everybody I know that pursues the dollar, the dollar evaporates. Everybody I know, when when their their heart's desire is to go after money, it doesn't last. It doesn't fulfill, and they have a a wake of broken relationships. Successful people call them great men, if I can use a masculine, whatever it's called, men. Great men, great people. Great people in the world, great in the world's eyes, typically are not very good people. Great men are not usually good men. Because to succeed in life, you're stepping on a lot of heads. Unless God blesses you. When God blesses you, oh, you're great, good, awesome, righteous, everything. But if you're going to scratch and claw to the top and your pursuit is riches, you might become great in the world. But people at your, at your casket someday will struggle to call you a good person. Riches of the world, fleeting pleasures of this life. And, and, if, and if you pursue these things, you never become mature and fruitful. And what's the goal? Mature believers, grown-ups, adults, 
responsible, mature believers doing what? Reproducing. Fruitful. What does that mean? To be fruitful as a Christian, you reproduce yourself. That means you make other Christians. You disciple people. The Lord saves them. You disciple them, and you reproduce yourself and people. Mature people reproduce themselves. Fifteen, the seed that fell into good fertile soil represents those lovers of truth who hear it deep in their hearts. They respond by clinging to the Word, keeping it dear as they endure all things in faith. This is the seed that will one day, this is the seed that will one day bear much fruit in their lives. It's, it's not instant. The seed is planted. It says they, it's fertile soil because they're lovers of truth. Lovers of the Lord, lovers of truth, lovers of each other, lovers of people, lovers of souls. They hear it deep within their heart. They cling to the word. They hold on. They're not letting go. I heard this word of the Lord and I will not let go. This will happen. This is going to happen. They keep it dear. It's precious to hear the word of the Lord. It's so precious for the Lord to speak through brothers and sisters. It's precious. If you've gone to church for 40 years and never heard your own voice inside the building, that's sad. It's precious. I want to hear testimonies too. I mean, I almost, after Patty came up, I almost took the mic and started walking around saying, I want, to, I want some testimonies. Because there's some, I hear testimonies during the week, and they're awesome. And I want you to hear them. Because it is precious to hear the word of the Lord on the mouth of brothers and sisters, on the lips of brothers and sisters. I don't take it for granted, and I won't take it for granted. This place has become more and more to me like, like I got a membership to a country club. This place is becoming more and more to me like I got, you know, $10,000 on, on credit for William Penn Inn or wherever you like to eat. I'd rather eat wherever and, and be here. This place is becoming fine dining to me. This place is becoming a country club of people that are my people. I like to be with these people. This seed will bear much fruit. I'm clinging, I'm holding on, I'm not letting go, I'm not giving up, not quitting, not going to turn around, my mind's made up, my feet are standing on holy ground. Oh, oh, that's, there's a song, Dad. Um, I'm not giving up. The Lord is at work. The Lord is doing something. In the natural, it's like, Lord, what is going on? In the spirit, in the spirit, this is what I see, and I close with this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. I'm just going to read three verses. 
out of Hebrews 11. In the TPT, faith brings our hopes into reality. Faith brings our hopes into reality. Faith is the trigger to bring your hopes and they become real. You can have a hope and you can lose faith and it doesn't become real. Faith becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It's all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. It takes faith to look around this building and say, Lord, I know what you're going to do. I know what your desire is. I know what your plan is. I know what your heart is for this area. And I know what you're going to do. It is unseen right now. I mean, there's little glimmers, little flames flickering. But by faith, faith is all the evidence that we need to prove what's unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Faith is the beautiful coordination of the power of God's words. And God's words is, are what? Written and spoken. Okay? God, at the beginning of time, spoke, let there be light, etc. God lives in us. God's Spirit is in us. God's Word is in us. So what do we need to do? We need to speak his word. Here's a, here's, a, here's a verse I want to speak. He's not willing, God is not willing that any perish, but all would come to repentance. This is on my heart this morning. God is not willing that any would perish. So what does that mean for us? We need to step up our game. We need to reach out. We need to speak God's words to this world. He's in us to speak through us to this world. This isn't condemnation. This, is, this isn't... I forget what Hannah said right now. It's, this isn't a reprimand. It's an invitation. But here's the deal. I'm going to say this right to me, David or David, depending on who you are. David, there are people lost because you keep your mouth shut. David, there are people lost because you keep your mouth shut, because you're not speaking the word of God, because you're not speaking what God puts in you to speak. I'm willing to shoulder that responsibility to step my game up to share 
to be more in tune with and sensitive to what the Lord's saying. Faith, as they say, faith is the key that unlocks the door. Faith is the key. Faith is, it's believing what God said. It's believing God will do what he said he'll do. It's believing that the kingdom of God doesn't consist in words, but in power. Now, well, you just said speak. Yeah, speak words with power. Speak the words that unlock power. Don't just speak words. Speak the words of anointed words of God's power. The kingdom of God is power. Can I pray for you? I notice you're sick. Can I pray for you? I notice you're struggling. Can I pray for you? I notice you, you look really concerned. Can I pray for you? And believe the power of God. What's the difference between the kingdom of God or biblical Christianity in any other religion? There's power in this. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the word of God. There's power in the gospel. There's power, Holy Spirit power. Will you step up your game? Stand with me if you would. Will you step it up? Will you be good soil? Will you hear the word of the Lord and treasure it? Will you receive the word of the Lord no matter what the package is, the wrapping is? Will you receive the word of the Lord even if it's loud or quiet? With, with an accent, with bad grammar, will you receive the word of the Lord? Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the FWC Podcast. For more information on our church, you can visit our website at familyworshipcenter.org or visit our church in person at 1000 Troxel Road in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. Thank you. Have a great day.